Well, good morning. So, Pastor Mark really likes when we have audience participation. So, uh, if everybody would raise their hand if they actually read instruction manuals beforehand. Okay, there's a pretty good number. How many of you are more like me and realize afterwards that you probably should have read the instruction manual? Okay, there's a lot of people there too. So I found, this is actually the instruction manual for the, for the piano. Um, I haven't read it. <laughs> um, but there are so many times where I try and just figure it out on my own and only to realize later that I should have been started with the instruction manual and read, and read the instruction manual first. And I think too often, there are people who treat the Bible the same way I treat an instruction manual, where we go about life trying to figure it out on our own, saying, I'll figure it out, I'll find my own way, only to realize later that the Bible had a lot of those answers later on. Um, so we've been in a, a series called Kingdom Power, and uh, the first couple, of, the first week, uh, Mark talked about a... Uh, Four levels of engagement, and just the different levels that you can engage in throughout this series to maybe get a little bit more out of it. Um, and the third one I'm going to actually help you with today, it's uh, uh, memorizing First uh, Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Uh, so if you would all turn there in your Bibles, it's going to be, uh, if you're in the room and want to use the blue Bibles, it's going to be on page 1855. Um, and if you're joining us online or in the room, it'll also be on your screen. Um, okay, so 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, correcting, uh, training, and correcting, rebuking, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And this verse is one of the reasons that is uh, one of our core values at Linwood is centering our lives on the word. And this verse has a lot to do with that. See, centering our lives on the word, what that means is correctly and uh, consistently applying the word to every area of our lives, uh, both personally and corporately. But it's not just like some like cute saying we have. It's actually something that we actually believe. And this verse has, gives a lot of those reasons why. It's because it's so useful for so many different areas of our lives. Uh, so I'm going to just get to the bottom line right away today. Uh, the bottom line is the Word of God is powerful. And that's why it's one of our core values, because the Word of God is so powerful and so valuable in every area of our lives. So I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to help you try and memorize some of this. So we're going to do the first part first. So all of Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching. So when Paul was writing this, the Scripture that, the Scripture he had was the Old Testament. What we have is the Old Testament. And Paul was also a Pharisee, so he grew up learning the Old Testament and learning those scriptures. That's what his entire education system revolved around. And then that continued all the way up even into uh, early America. The entire 
education system revolved around the Bible. And Noel Webster, actually, when he was writing the first American dictionary, looked at the scriptures, looked at the Bible, looked at the old Hebrew and the old Greek, and he looked at how the verses were used, or how the words were used, and how they changed over time, and that's how he developed the American Dictionary. So it's useful for teaching, but it's not useful for teaching just because it's words on a page, but because of who it's teaching us about. Because wherever the Bible goes, the literacy rate actually rises. Because when people hear the story that's in there, they want to know it for themselves. They don't want to just hear someone telling them about God and telling them about the story. They want to be able to experience God, learn about him first, and learn about him for themselves, read about him for themselves. So it's useful for teaching because of who it's teaching us about. And um, it's also useful for rebuking. So all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching and rebuking. So the word Paul used here for rebuking was getting sentenced in a courtroom. So a judge is up there and bangs his gavel and gives you your sentence, and that's the word Paul is using. And that doesn't always sound very nice. It can, but, and that seems very harsh. But there's a difference between convicting guilt and condemning guilt. Because there are maybe some people in here who have had the Bible used against them to condemn them, to make them feel guilty and make them feel worse about themselves. And if that happened to you, I'm sorry. But that's not the word that Paul wanted us, was using here, and that's not the way Paul wanted us to use it. Um, if I'm driving down the road, and Sarah will tell me, before we get in the car, like, are you sure you're okay to drive? Are you sure you're awake and alert? See, she's teaching me. She's laying the line saying, this is how I should be driving. These are what, the, what should be happening. And if I say yes, and I get in the car, and I start uh, dozing off a little bit, Maybe I'll start swerving to the other lane. Sarah's gonna rebuke me. She's gonna do everything she can to make sure I'm awake and alert and ready to drive. And that's what Paul's meaning here. He doesn't, the rebuke that Paul uses is coming from a place of love. Uh, Proverbs 9, 8 says, do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Rebuke a wise man and he will love you. And that's the kind of the rebuke Sarah was using in that example, was it's coming from a place of love. Because she loves me and wants what's best for me, that's where the rebuke comes from. But it doesn't just stop at a rebuke. Because if you stop at a rebuke, you can have some of that condemning guilt in there. But, and so Paul wanted us to come alongside each other and build each other up and help each other. We aren't just pointing out the sin in in our lives, we're also offering a solution to the sin. And so that's where he went after. He didn't leave it at rebuke. He also said, uh, correcting and training in righteousness. So we're going to, uh, the next part was, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. See, it's not just the rebuke and then leaving them at that. It's the rebuke and the correcting and training in righteousness. So we come alongside people. We come alongside our brothers and sisters in Christ and help them out of a place of love. So the, um, 
So the correcting, in the example I was using, Sarah, she might do everything she can to wake me up. She might even have me pull over, and then we'll switch drivers. And that's what the correcting is. She's making sure that it's not just the sin that she's pointing out. She's offering a solution to it. And, but it's coming from a place of love, not condemnation, and she's coming alongside me. And the training is similar to teaching, both more uh, hands-on application. So it's more practical and more outwardly faced, whereas training or teaching is about the head knowledge. Training is about the doing and how to do it. But all of this comes together so that we might have spiritual maturity. Last series, we learned how to kingdom first, um, and we explored um, who Jesus was because he's either Lord of all or he isn't Lord at all. And we learned about baptism and commissioning and fruitfulness and faithfulness. And one of the things the illustrations Mark used was he took his Bible and then he placed his soap banding together journals on top of it to show that everything that we have is based in Scripture. And this is where everything is coming from. Because that's what training is. It's the teaching, the rebuking, the correcting, and training is all building together so that we might become uh, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Because God has a plan for each of us, and that's what it means to be thoroughly equipped, is he wants us to live out that plan, and he wants us to and he wants to show us where we're going and the plan he has for our life. But it's more than that. The more we learn, the more we see how God wants us to live. The more we're walking a step with how God wants us to be living. Psalm 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Because the more we learn about God's word, the more we learn about who he is, and his nature, and what he wants for us. So I'm going to bring it back, and we're going to put the whole two verses together. So 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Because it's not just, I use the example of the instruction manual. And the Bible can be used that way. This verse makes it clear that there are many practical things we can learn from the Bible. But it's so much more than just an instruction manual for how we should live our lives. It's so much more than just a textbook that we can use for teaching. It's also a love story. See, God loved us so much that he, he sent his son for us to die on the cross. And that's the story that's in here. Because we've all needed to be taught, we've all needed to be rebuked, we've all needed to be corrected and trained. But God, instead of just rebuking us, he sent his son to die for us so that we can be saved, so that it doesn't just stop at the rebuke because he loved us that much. And that's why wherever the Bible goes, the literacy rate raises, because they want to be able to read that story. They want to see how much God loved them for themselves.
And so the bottom line is, again, is the word of God is powerful. And see, so from Scripture, we hear the word of God and what he wants for us. And we see about how we're living and what we, or how God wants us to live. And so there's, that's the teaching, that's the head knowledge, but what is the application? What is the training? Um, one of the first things we can do is just get into God's word, however you can. Um, maybe that'll be picking up your Bible and reading. Um, that, that's, a good, that's a fantastic place to start. And one of the places that I would suggest you start if you are maybe new and maybe haven't read the Bible um, is start in, uh, towards the end of the book of the Bible in uh, Matthew. Read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the four Gospels. That's what everything in the Bible is pointing towards. That's the love story about what Jesus did for us. So start there. That's a great place to start. And another way you can maybe get into the Word is as you're driving to work in the morning or dropping the kids off to school, uh, open your Bible app and uh, just listen to it. Instead of listening to the radio, just hit play and listen to a chapter or two of the Bible. There are so many ways you can get into the Bible. Um, and then, after you've read and listened, um, another way thing you can do is uh, start by writing out just one verse every day that sticks out to you. And then as you're going through your day, memorize that verse. Think about it as you're driving to work, driving home from work, or just sitting and doing the dishes. Think about that one verse. Meditate on it. Try and memorize it. And then pray about the verses you learned. Pray about what God is speaking to you. Pray that he would help you apply that to your life. Just spend time with God in prayer. One of the simple definitions of prayer is it's just talking to God. So just sit there and talk with God and listen to what he has to say to you. And then reflect and discuss on what you've read, how God is speaking to you. One of the way, great ways we do that here is through uh, the Banded Together journals. Uh, we have some there out in the lobby. Uh, it's a great place to start because it has you reading scripture every day. There's a reading plan, so you can read through scripture, and then there's uh, places for you to write out a scripture verse that God is pointing out to you. And then write out maybe some observations and some ways you can apply it, and then a, a spot to write out a prayer. Um, and so there are many ways to do this. And then once a week, you can join a banding together group. And then we'll get together and we discuss what God is saying to us, what scripture stuck out to us. We can hold each other accountable so we can discuss and reflect what we've learned. And if you're, and we also have developed, because we so strongly believe that our, we should center our lives on the word, we developed another Banding Together journal. This is something that myself and Pastor Zach have worked on. And it has, it's the same reading plans, but it has a spot where it just starts with scripture. So you start just writing out one thing of scripture every day. And then it slowly builds on each other with observation and application. So if you're interested in either one of these journals, come talk to myself or come talk to me, Pastor Zach, Pastor Mark, any of us, we would be more than happy to get you some. 
but I don't want you to feel guilty about not being in a band together group because the band together group isn't the important thing. The important thing is getting into God's word. We also have some uh, our daily breads out there. Those are some great ways to get into scripture. Or maybe you have your own devotional that you go through and you talk about as a family. That's great. I want to encourage you to do that too. Because we don't want to center, we want to center our lives on the word. We don't want to promote our way of doing it. Because I want you to experience God for, your, for yourself. I want you to read that love story. I want you to see who God is and know him for yourself because that's why the word of God is so powerful because God is so powerful. A few years ago, John Piper uh, uploaded a video. And this video was about, um, it's, it was God wrote a book, Where Else Will I Run? And throughout the, the video, he talked about how God wrote a book. He wrote the Bible. And he kept asking, where else will I turn? Where else will I run? How else will I know God? And in the book, there was a quote, or in the video, there was the quote. Our weak, tired, distracted eyes look at the Bible, and all we see is a lifeless, boring portrait on the wall. But it's not a portrait. It's a window. It doesn't hang lifeless in an old frame on the wall. It breaks through the wall into another world, the real world, the lasting world, the better world. And through this window shines a divine light that changes everything around us. See, the Bible is a love story. God wrote a book. And we can turn to it every day. We can connect with God every day through his word. John Piper ended the video asking the question, will I read the, my Bible tomorrow? How else will I know God? How else will I prepare myself to enjoy him forever? But I want to ask you that question. Will you read your Bible tomorrow? Because if you don't read your Bible tomorrow, how else will you know God? If you don't read your Bible tomorrow, how else will you know the love story how else will you know how to enjoy God forever? Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Lord, we thank you for, for your word and who you are and what you've done for us. Lord, I just pray that you would work in our hearts and minds this week. And, and I pray, Lord, that you would inspire us and convict us to get into your words so that we can know you more. Lord, I pray that as we go about our weeks, this isn't just a Sunday morning thing, that you would work in us and speak to us every day throughout the entire week. And I pray, Lord, that we would just realize who you are and how powerful you are, and that we would turn to you for everything. In Jesus' name. Amen.